The Tale of Little Fool Ivan Far, far away, in a certain kingdom, in a certain empire, stood a city, and in this city reigned Tsar Gorik, and the Tsaritsa Morkovia. They had many wise boyars, rich princes, strong and mighty heroes, and of the common run of warriors one hundred thousand at least. All manner of people dwelt in this city, worshipful, well-bearded merchants, cunning open-handed sharpers, German mechanics, Swedish beauties, drunken Russians, and in the suburbs beyond the town dwelt peasants who tilled the earth, sowed corn, ground it into meal, took it to the bazaar, and drank away their hard earnings. In one of these suburbs stood an old hut, and in this hut dwelt an old man with his three sons, Pakom, Thomas, and Ivan. The old man was not only sage, he was cunning, and whenever he chanced to come across the devil, he would have a chat with him, make him drunk and worm many great secrets out of him, and then would go away and do such wonders that his neighbors called him a wizard and a magician, while others honored him as a shrewd fellow who knew a thing or two. The old man certainly did great wonders. If anyone were being consumed by the flames of hopeless love, he had only to pay his respects to the wizard and the old man would give him some sort of little root which would draw the fickle fair one at once. If anything were lost he would manage to get it back from the thief, however it might be hidden, by means of charmed water and a fishing net. But wise as the old man was, he could not persuade his sons to walk in his footsteps. Two of them were great gad abroads, not because they were wise, but because they were thorough feather brains, they never knew when to run forward or when to hold back. And they married and had children. The third son was not married, but the old man did not trouble about him, because his third son was a fool, quite a natural in fact, who couldn't count up to three, but could only eat and drink and sleep and lie on the stove. What was the good of bothering about a fellow like that? He can manage to jog along of his own accord much better than a man of sense. And besides, Ivan was so mild and gentle that butter would not melt in his mouth. If you asked him for his girdle, he would give you his caftan also, if you took away his gloves, he would beg you to accept his cap into the bargain, therefore they all liked Ivan and called him dear little Ivan, or dear little fool, in short he was a fool from his birth, but very lovable for all that. So our old man lived and lived with his sons till the hour came when he was to die. Then the old man called to him his three sons and said to them, My dear children, my mortal hour has come, and you must fulfill my wish, each of you must come with me into my tomb and there pass a night with me, thou first, Thomas, then thou, Pakam, and thou third, dear little fool Ivan. The two elders, like sensible people, promised to obey his words, but the fool promised nothing, but only scratched his head. The old man died. They buried him. They ate pancakes and honey cakes, they drank well, and on the first night it was for his eldest son Thomas to go into his tomb. Whether it was laziness or fear I know not, but he said to little fool Ivan, Tomorrow I have to get up early to grind corn, go thou instead of me into our father's tomb. All right? Answered little fool Ivan, who took a crust of bread, went to the tomb, lay down, and began to snore. So it struck midnight, the tomb began to move the wind blew, the midnight owl hooted, the tombstone rolled off, and the old man came out of his tomb and said, Who's there? I answered little fool Ivan. Good! answered the old man, My dear son, I'll reward thee for obeying me. Scarcely had he said these words when the cocks crew and the old man fell back into the tomb. Little fool Ivan went home and threw himself on the top of the stove, and his brother asked him, Well, what happened? Nothing at all! said he, I slept the whole night through, only I am very hungry, and want something to eat. The next night it was the turn of Pakom, 
the second son, to go to the tomb of his father. He fell a-thinking and a-thinking, and at last he said to little fool Ivan, I must get up very early tomorrow morning to go to market, go thou instead of me to my father's tomb. All right, replied little fool Ivan, who took a cake and some cabbage soup, went to the tomb, and lay down to sleep. Midnight approached the tomb began to shake, the tempest began to howl, a flock of ravens flew round and round it, the stone fell from the grave, the old man got out of the tomb and asked, Who's there? I answered little fool Ivan. Good, my beloved son, replied the old man, I'll not forget thee because thou hast not disobeyed me. Scarcely had he uttered these words when the cocks began to crow, and the old man fell back in his tomb. Little fool Ivan awoke, made himself snug on his stove, and his brother asked him, Well, what happened? Nothing at all, answered little Ivan. On the third night the brothers said to little fool Ivan, Now tis thy turn to go to our father's tomb. A father's wish must be fulfilled. By all means, answered little fool Ivan, who took a fritter, put on his blouse, and went to the tomb. And at midnight the gravestone was torn from the tomb, and the old man came out and asked, Who's there? I, said little fool Ivan. Good, my obedient son, answered the old man, not in vain hast thou obeyed my will thou shalt have a reward for thy faithful service. And then he shouted with a monstrous voice and sang with a nightingale's piping voice, Hi! Thou! Sifkaburka, Vaischikorka! Stand before me like the leaf before the grass. And it seemed to little fool Ivan as if a horse were running, the earth trembled beneath it, its eyes burned like fire, clouds of smoke poured out of its ears, it ran up, stood still as though it had taken root in the ground, and said with a human voice, What dost thou require? The old man got into one of its ears, cooled himself, washed himself, dressed himself finely, and came out of the other ear so young and handsome that there's no guessing or imagining it, for no pen can write nor tale can tell the like of it. There, my dear son, said he, thou hast my valiant steed, and thou, horse. My good steed, serve him as thou hast served me. He had scarcely uttered these words when the crowing cocks of the village flapped their wings and sang their morning song, the magician sank back into his grave, and the grass grew over it. Little fool Ivan went home step by step, he got home, stretched himself in his old corner, and snored till the walls trembled. What is it? asked his brothers, but he never answered a word, but only waved his hand. And so they went on living together, the elder brothers like wise men, the younger like a fool. Thus they lived on and on, day by day, and just as a woman rolls thread into a ball, so their days rolled until it came to their turn to be rolled. And one day they heard that the captains of the host were going all about the realm with trumpets and clarions and drums and cymbals, and they blew their trumpets ere it beat their drums, and proclaimed in the bazaars and public places the Tsar's will, and the will of the Tsar was this. Tsar Gorik and Tsaritsa Morkovia had an only daughter, the Tsarevna Batriana, the heir to the throne, and so lovely that when she looked at the sun, the sun was ashamed, and when she regarded the moon, the moon was abashed. And the Tsar and the Tsaritsa thought to themselves, To whom shall we give our daughter in marriage that he may govern our realm, defend it in war, sit as judge in the royal council, help the Tsar in his old age, and succeed him at the end of his days? The Tsar and the Tsaritsa sought for a bridegroom who was to be a valiant young warrior, a handsome hero, who was to love the Tsarevna, and make the Tsarevna love him. But the love part of the business was not so easy, for there was this great difficulty, the Tsarevna loved nobody. If her father the Tsar began talking to her of any bridegroom, she always gave one in the same answer, I don't love him. 
If her mother the Saritza began talking to her about anyone, she always answered, he is not nice. At last Tsar Gorik and Saritza Morkovia said to her, dear daughter and darling child, more than thrice lovely Tsarevna Bactriana, it is now time for thee to choose a bridegroom. Look now, pray. The wooers, the royal and imperial ambassadors, are all here at our court, they have eaten all the cakes and drained our cellars dry, and still thou wilt not choose thee the beloved of thy heart. Then the Tsarevna said to them, My sovereign papa and my sovereign mama, I am sorry for your sorrow, and would fain obey your will, but let fate decide who is to be my intended. Build me a tarim thirty-two stories high with a little bow window at the top of it. I, the Tsarevna, will sit in this tarim just beneath the window, and you make a proclamation. Let all people come hither Tsars, kings, Tsareviches, princes, mighty champions and valiant youths, and whoever leaps up as high as my little window on his fiery steed and exchanges rings with me, he shall be my bridegroom, and your son and successor. The Tsar and the Tsaritsa followed out the words of their sage daughter. Good! said they. They commanded to be built a costly tarim of two and thirty layers of oak beams, they built it up and adorned it with curious carvings, and hung it all about with Venetian brocade, with pearly tapestries and cloth of gold, and made proclamations and sent forth carrier pigeons, and dispatched ambassadors to all kingdoms, summoning all men to assemble together in the empire of Tsar Gorik and Tsaritsa Morkovia, and whoever leapt on his proud steed as high as the two and thirty oaken beams and exchanged rings with the Tsarevna Batriana, he was to be her bridegroom and inherit the kingdom with her, whether he were a Tsar or a king, or a Tsarevich or a prince, or even nothing but a free, bold-handed Cossack with neither birth nor ancestry. The day was fixed. The people crowded into the meadows where the Tsarevna S. Tarim was built as if sown with stars, and the Tsarevna herself sat beneath the window arrayed in pearls and brocade, and lace, and the most precious of precious stones. The mob of people surged and roared like the great sea ocean. The Tsar and the Tsaritsa sat on their throne, and around them stood their grandees, their boyars, their captains, and their heroes. And the wooers of the Tsarevna Bactriana came and pranced and galloped, but when they saw the Tarim their hearts died away within them. The youths tried their best, they ran, they bounded, they leapt, and fell back on the ground again like sheaves of barley, to the amusement of the crowd. In those days when the valiant wooers of the Tsarevna Batriana were trying their best to win her, the brothers of little fool Ivan took it into their heads to go thither and see the fun. So they got them ready, and little fool Ivan said, Take me with you too. What, fool? answered his brother, Sit at home and look after the fowls. What hast thou got to do with it? You're right, said he, and he went to the fowl house and lay down there. But when his brethren had departed, little fool Ivan went into the open plain, onto the wide step, cried with a warrior's voice, and whistled with a heroic whistle, Hi! Thou Isivkaburka, Vaischikorka! Stand before me like the leaf before the grass. And lo! The valiant charger came running up, the earth trembled, flames shot out of his eyes, and clouds of smoke from his ears, and it said with a human voice, how can I serve thee? Little fool Ivan crept into one ear, washed and combed himself, and crept out of the other ear so young and handsome, that books cannot describe it, nor the eye of man bear the sight of it. And he sat him on his good horse, and struck its sturdy ribs with a whip of Samarkand silk, and his horse chafed and fumed, and rose from the earth higher than the standing woods, but lower than the moving clouds, and when it came to the large streams it swam them and when it came to the little streams it brushed them away with its tail, and opened wide its legs for the mountains to pass between them. And little fool Ivan leapt up to the tarim of the Tsarevna Batriana, rose like a bright falcon, 
leapt over thirty of the two and thirty beams of oak, and dashed along like a passing tempest. The people roared, hold him, stop him. The Tsar leapt up, the Tsaritsa cried, oh. The people were astonished. The brothers of little fool Ivan returned home and said to each other, that was something like a hero, he only missed two stories. Why, that was I, brothers. Said little fool Ivan. Thou indeed. Hold thy tongue, fool, and lie on the stove and eat cinder cakes. The next day the brothers of little fool Ivan again assembled at the Tsar's sports, and little fool Ivan said to them, Take me with you I. Take thee, fool. Said the brothers, Just sit at home and keep the sparrows from the peas instead of a scarecrow. What hast thou to do with it? That's true. Said he, went among the peas, sat down, and scared away the sparrows. But when his brothers had gone, little fool Ivan shuffled off into the open plain, into the wide steppe, and roared with a martial voice, and whistled shrilly with a heroic whistle, Hi! Thou! Sifkaburka, Vaischikorka! Stand before me like the leaf before the grass! And lo! His valiant steed came running, the earth trembled, sparks flew from beneath his prancing hoofs, a lira burned in his eyes, and smoke rolled in clouds from his ears. He said with a human voice, what dost thou require? Little fool Ivan crept into one of the horse's ears, and crept out of the other so young and comely that the like of it was never heard of in tales or seen in reality, and he sat on his brave horse and beat its iron ribs with a Circassian whip. And his horse chafed and fumed and rose from the earth, higher than the standing woods, lower than the moving clouds, at one bound it went a league of the ancient measure, at the second bound it whizzed across the broad river, and at the third bound it reached the tarim. It rose into the air like an eagle into the sky, leapt as high as thirty-one of the two and thirty oaken beams and flew past like a passing whirlwind. The people cried, Hold him, stop him. The Tsar leapt from his seat, the Tsaritsa cried, Oh! The princes and the boyars stood there with gaping mouths. The brothers of little fool Ivan returned home and said to each other, Why, that young warrior of today was even better than the warrior of yesterday, there was only one oak beam he could not get as high as. Why, brothers, that was I? Said little fool Ivan. Hold thy tongue. Thou indeed. Lie on the stove, and don't talk bosh. On the third day the brothers of little fool Ivan again made them ready to go to the great spectacle, but little fool Ivan said, Take me with you. A fool like thee. Replied his brethren, Just stay at home and mix the slush in the trough for the pigs. What art thou thinking of? As you please. Said he, and went into the backyard and began to feed the swine, and grunt along with them. But when his brothers had gone, little fool Ivan shambled off to the open plain, to the wide steppe, and held with a martial voice, and whistled as only heroes. Can whistle, hi! Thou! Sifkaburka, Vaischikorka! Stand before me like the leaf before the grass! And lo! The valiant charger came running, the earth trembled, where it touched the ground with its foot springs gushed forth, and where it struck the ground with its hoof lakes appeared, and flames came from its eyes, and clouds of smoke welled from its ears. It cried with a human voice, What dost thou require? Little fool Ivan crept into one of his horse's ears, and crept out of the other a youthful warrior, so handsome that no lovely maiden ever dreamed the like of him in her dreams, and a hundred sages meditating for a hundred years could not have imagined it. He struck his horse on the backbone, drew tight the rein, sat in the saddle, and rushed away so swiftly that the fleeting wind could not overtake him, and the dear little house swallow would not buy with him. He flew like a cloud of the sky, his silver harness hissed and gleamed, his yellow locks floated in the wind, 
he flew towards the Zarevna's tarim, struck his horse about the ribs, and his horse leapt like a cruel serpent, and leapt as high as the two and thirty oaken beams. Little fool Ivan caught the Zarevna Batriana in his heroic hands, kissed her sugary lips, exchanged rings with her, and was borne as by a whirlwind into the meadow, overturning all that met him or stood in his way. The Zarevna only just succeeded in fastening a diamond star on his forehead and the mighty warrior had vanished. Tsar Gorik leapt to his feet, the Saritza Morkovia said, Oh! The Tsar's counselors wrung their hands one after another, but spake never a word. The brothers of Little Fool Ivan returned home and began to talk about and discuss the matter, Well, the hero of today was the best of all, he is now the bridegroom of our Tsarevna. But who is he? Why, brothers, it was I, said Little Fool Ivan. Hold thy tongue. Thou indeed. Go and eat cinder cakes and toadstools, but keep thy tongue well between thy teeth. But Tsar Gorik commanded them to surround the city with a strong watch and let in every one, but let out no one, and proclaim that all people, under pain of death, from the eldest to the youngest, were to come into the Tsar's courts and do homage, that it might appear on whose forehead was the diamond star which the Tsarevna had fastened to her bridegroom. From very early in the morning the people came crowding together. They looked at everybody's forehead, but there was no star, and no trace of a star. It was now dinner time, yet not a single table in the halls of the Tsar was yet laid for dinner. The brothers of Little Fool Ivan also came thither to show their foreheads at the Tsar's command, and Ivan said to them, Take me with you. Take thee, said the brothers, sit in thy corner and catch flies. But why hast thou tied thy forehead round with rags, or hast thou damaged it? Yesterday, when you went out, as I was gaping about, I struck my forehead against the door, the door took no hurt, but a big lump sprang out on my forehead. As soon as his brothers had gone, little fool Ivan passed right below the little window where the Tsarevna was sitting troubled at heart. The soldiers of the Tsar saw him, and asked, Why hast thou bound up thy forehead? Show it. Is there not a star on thy forehead? Little fool Ivan would not let them look, and withstood them. The soldiers began to make a to-do, the Tsarevna heard it, and bade them bring little fool Ivan to her, took the clouts from his forehead and behold. There was the star. She took little fool Ivan by the hand, led him to Tsar Gorik, and said, Look, dear sovereign papa. This is my intended bridegroom, and thy son-in-law and successor. There was nothing more to be said. The Tsar commanded the banquet to be made ready, they married little fool Ivan and the Tsarevna Bactriana, for three days they ate and drank and made merry, and amused themselves with all manner of amusements. The Tsar made the brothers of little fool Ivan captains of his host, and gave them a village and a large house apiece. The tale of it is soon told, but the deed thereof is not soon done. The brethren of little fool Ivan were wise, and when they grew rich it is not strange that all men gave them out for wise men at once. And when the brethren of little fool Ivan became great people, they began to be proud and haughty, would not suffer men of low degree to come into their courtyards at all, and made even the old Vovods and boyars, when they came to see them, take off their caps on the stairs. So the boyars came to Tsar Gorik and said, Sovereign Tsar. The brethren of thy son-in-law boast that they know where the apple tree grows that hath silver leaves and golden apples, and they wanted to get this apple tree for thee. The Tsar sent for the brethren of little fool Ivan, and told them that they might fetch for him this apple tree with the silver leaves and the golden apples, and as they had nothing to say they were obliged to go. The Tsar bade them take horses from the royal stables for their journey, and they set out on their journey to find the apple tree with the silver leaves and the golden apples. And in those days little fool Ivan arose, took his old hack of a horse, 
sat on it with his face to the tail, and rode out of the city. He went into the open plain, seized his jade by the tail, threw it into the open field, and said, Come, ye crows and kites, here's a breakfast for you. Then he called his good horse, crept in at one ear and out at the other, and his horse carried him to the east where grew the apple tree with silver leaves and golden apples, on the silver waters, by the golden sands, and he pulled it up by the roots, went back, and before he got to the town of Zargoric, he pitched his tent with its silver tent pole and laid him down to rest. Now his brethren were going along by this road, their noses hung down, and they did not know what to say to the Tsar by way of excuse, and they saw the tent and the apple tree beside it, and they awoke little fool Ivan, and they began to bargain with him for it, and offered him three cartloads of silver. The apple tree is mine, gentlemen, it was not sold and purchased, but bequeathed by will, said little fool Ivan to them. Yet a will is no great matter, cut off a toe from the right foot of each one of you, and I'll say done. The brothers laid their heads together, but there was nothing for it but to agree. So little fool Ivan cut off one of their toes apiece and gave them the apple tree, and they brought it to the Tsar and boasted mightily. Behold, Tsar! said they, we have traveled far, we have suffered many hardships, but we have performed thy will. Tsar Gorik was overjoyed. He made a great feast, bade them beat the drums, and play on the trumpets and pipes, and he rewarded the brothers of little fool Ivan, and gave them a city apiece, and praised their faithful service. Then the other Voavods and Boyars said to him, It is not a very great service to bring the apple tree with silver leaves and golden apples. The brothers of thy son-in-law boast that they would go to the Caucasus and fetch thee the swine with golden bristles, and silver teeth, and twenty sucking pigs. Zargorik sent for the brothers of little fool Ivan, and told them to bring him the swine with the golden bristles, and the silver teeth, and the twenty sucklings, and as they had nothing to say for themselves, they dared not disobey. So they went on their way to find for the Tsar's pleasure the little pig with the golden bristles, and the silver teeth, and the twenty sucklings. And at that very time little fool Ivan arose and saddled his cow and sat upon it with his face to the tail, and went out of the city. He went into the open plain, seized his cow by the horn, threw her into the field, and cried, Gallop along, ye grey wolves and pretty little foxes. Here's a dinner for you. Then he called his good horse, and crept in one ear and out at the other, and his horse bore him to lands of the south and bore him into a dreary wood where the little swine with the golden bristles was rooting up roots with its silver tusks, and twenty sucking pigs were running after her. Little fool Ivan threw a silk lasso over the little swine, strapped the sucklings to his saddle, turned back, and when he was not very far from the city of Gorik, pitched his tent with a golden tent pole and lay down to rest. Now his brothers were coming along that same way, and were thinking what they could say to the Tsar. Suddenly they saw the tent, and close by it tied by the silken lasso the little swine with the golden bristles, and the silver tusks, and the twenty sucklings. They awoke little fool Ivan, and began to bargain with him for the swine. We'll give thee three sacks of precious stones, they cried. The little swine is mine, gentlemen, said little Ivan the fool, it is not sold or purchased, but bequeathed by will, but a will is no great matter let each of you cut me off a finger from his hand, and I'll cry done. The brothers laid their heads together and talked the matter over, people can live without brains, why not without fingers also? Thought they. So they let little fool Ivan cut off a finger from each of them, and he gave them the swine, which they took to the Tsar, and they praised themselves more than ever. Tsar! said they, we have been beyond the distant sea, beyond the impenetrable woods, beyond the shifting sands, we have suffered cold and hunger, but we have fulfilled thy commands. 
The Tsar was overjoyed to have such faithful servants, gave a great banquet to call the world, rewarded the brethren of little fool Ivan, made them great boyars, and could not praise their services sufficiently. Then the other Voavods and boyars came to him and said, "'Tis not such a very great service, Tsar. To bring thee the little swine with the golden bristles, and the silver tusks, and the twenty sucklings. A swine's a swine all the world over, though it has got golden tusks. But the brethren of thy son-in-law boast that they can do a yet greater service, they say they can get thee from the stables of the serpent Gorunik, the golden-maned horse with the diamond hoofs. Tsar Gorik sent for the brethren of little fool Ivan, and bade them fetch him from the stables of the serpent Gorunik, the golden-maned mare with the diamond hoofs. Then the brothers of little fool Ivan began protesting that they had never said such words. But the Tsar would not listen to a word of it. Take of my treasures without tale or count, said he, and of my host as much as you will. Bring me hither the golden-maned mare. Ye are the first in my realm, but if you bring her not, I will again degrade you into ragamuffins. So these good warriors, these useful heroes, departed, scarce able to drag one foot after another, and not knowing whither they were going. And in the selfsame time little fool Ivan arose, sat astride his little stick, went out into the open plain, into the wide steppe, called his good horse, crept into one ear and out at the other, and his horse took him into the west country, towards the great island where the serpent Gorunik guarded in his iron stable, behind seven bolts, behind seven doors, the golden-maned mare with the diamond hoofs. The horse went on and on, near and far, high and low, and little fool Ivan arrived at the island, fought three days with the serpent till he killed it, spent three days more in bursting the jocks and breaking the doors, took out the golden-maned mare by the mane, went back, and had not gone many miles when he stopped, pitched his tent with a diamond tent pole and laid him down to rest. And behold his brethren were coming along by the same way, and knew not what they should say to Zargorik. All at once they felt the ground tremble twas the neighing of the golden-maned mare. They looked about them, and there was a little light like a candle burning in the dark distance twas the golden mane which burned like fire. They stopped, awoke little fool Ivan, and began to bargain with him for the mare, they said they would each give him a sack of precious stones. The mare is mine, gentlemen, tis not for purchase or sale, but was bequeathed by will, said little fool Ivan. However, a will is not such a great matter, let each of you cut him an ear off, and I'll cry done. The brothers did not say him nay, but they let little fool Ivan cut off an ear from each one of them, and he gave them the mare with the golden mane and the diamond hoofs, and they puffed themselves out and talked big, and lied boastingly till it made your ears ache to hear them. We went, said they to the Tsar, beyond lands thrice ten, beyond the great sea ocean, we strove with the serpent Gorunik, and look. He bit off our ears, but for thy sake we reck not of life or goods, but would swim through rivers of blood, and would sacrifice limb and substance in thy service. In his joys Argoric measured them out riches without number, made them the first of his boyars, and got ready such a feast that the royal kitchens were not big enough for it, though they cooked and roasted there three days, while the royal wine cellars ran dry, and at the banquet Sargoric placed one of the brethren of little fool Ivan at his right hand, and the other at his left. And the feast proceeded right merrily, and the guests had eaten themselves half full, and drank themselves half full, and were humming and buzzing like bees in a hive, when they saw entering the palace a gallant warrior, little fool Ivan, in just the same guise as when he had leapt as high as the two and thirty oaken beams. And when his brothers saw him, one of them nearly choked himself with a drop of wine from his beaker, and the other nearly suffocated himself with a bit of roast swan, and they wrung their hands, rolled their eyes, and could not utter a word. 
Little fool Ivan bowed low to his father-in-law, the Tsar, and told how he had got the apple tree with the silver leaves and the golden apples, and after that the swine with the golden bristles and the silver tusks and the twenty sucklings, and after that the golden-maned mare with the diamond hoofs, and he drew out the fingers, and the toes, and the ears for which he had sold them to his brethren. Then Tsar Gorik was very wroth, and stamped with his feet, and bade them drive out the brothers of little fool Ivan with broomsticks, and one of them he sent to tend his swine in the cattle yard, and the other he sent to look after the turkeys in the poultry yard. But little fool Ivan he set beside himself, and made him the chief over the boyars, and the captain of the captains. And long did they feast together in gladness of heart, till everything was eaten and everything was drunk up. And little fool Ivan began to rule the realm, and his rule was wise and terrible, and on the death of his father-in-law he took his place. His children were many, and his subjects loved him, and his neighbors feared him, but the Tsarina Batriana was just as beautiful in her old age as when she was young. End of story The Tale of Little Fool Ivan This episode is also available as a blog post, Look Food and Cook. Order Russian Fairy Tales ebook at https colon slash slash Wish you have a nice day.